0: For we know, Paul writes, that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, We groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, the one who's fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who's given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive what is due to them for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, We try to persuade people. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. such good stuff. Oh, Father, we, we want to kind of open our hearts, our minds this evening to feed on your word by your spirit. We pray now, fill us with the capacity, the kind of ability to take you in. Give us the courage, Lord, where we need to realign thinking and worldviews thought patterns, our our sort of awareness, our self-awareness, awareness awareness of ourselves in relation to you. Lord, where that needs to adjust according to your word and by your spirit, then do that work in us, we pray. Father, we say we don't want to go having engaged with your word and encountered your spirit. We don't want to leave this building the same. We, We want in some way to walk into change, transformation that we would bring change, transformation to those around us. Light in a dark world. Salt in a tasteless society, as it were. So speak to us this evening, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, quick plug, I've still got these books. Christopher West filled these hearts, a number of them are gone. Uh, We're going to set a date in the early autumn where we're going to have a sort of seminar plenary to discuss some of the issues that it raises, uh, attempt to tackle some of the questions it raises. Really readable book, fantastic. Uh, Catholic theologian, but with much to bring to us. Christopher West, fill these hearts. Here's the thing. Every single one of us who would count ourselves as Christians, uh, we, we have times, moments, seasons when, in fact, Lydia just alluded to it there for maybe two or three years, where we, we go through struggle, test, trial. We, we feel far away from the Lord. We're not winning as Christians. I haven't seen much change or fruit in my life. I feel like I'm going backwards, not forwards, let alone sort of staying roughly the same. Test and trial and struggle. Every single one of us experiences that. It, I think it's intensified at this day and age with um, social media. I was, was reflecting, Joe and I from the dark ages, we, when, when the only way to take a picture was with a camera, and um, you then you sent off the film and you waited. Maybe it would come back in a little envelope, and you looked at the pictures, oh, they have blinked, oh, that was blurred. Or, and you'd end up putting about sort of two or three in a photo album like an actual photo, not a virtual one. We got one of our photo albums out the other day, blew the dust off it, creaked it open. We were trying to find an event. I was sure we had it snapped about 20 years ago. No. And I looked at the the whole of that year. There was about six photos for the whole of the year. I take about six photos a minute these days. And what that does is that we just become so aware of everything going on as they're posted on various social media. We see what's going on all the time and so the comparison becomes invidious. I I think it's really tough to live life in that context, let alone a a Christian life, a God-honoring life. And, And no wonder the temptation to feel that we fail, that we fall short of our own standards, let alone that which we understand of God's. And the question is, when we feel Like that. When we feel like we've failed, we've blown it, we're not as good as X or as Y. We're not as good as we would like ourselves to be as we live our lives, seek to live our lives for Jesus. The question is, how do we interpret that? What do we do with that feeling? How do we allow that feeling to sit in us, to inform us. What does it say to us? I touched on it last week and I want to sort of amplify a little bit this evening. The temptation for us to say something like this, or oh, I'm not a very good Christian. Or oh, I'm trying to be a good Christian. Something—I mean, those are my words—similar, but you kind of resonate with that—that—that that, that feeling, if you like—that you, you, you kind of process and put into words. And here's the challenge up front: that is simply an unbiblical way to see ourselves as Christians—a good or bad Christian, or I'm trying to be a Christian. It simply isn't recognized in the pages of Scripture, particularly in the pages of the New Testament the the, the New Testament's quite binary on this it's quite black and white we we picked up on it in this reading here chapter 5 and verse um, well let's go from verse 14 I'm going to get to verse 17 for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died If we align ourselves with Christ, we died with him. And he died for all, verse 15, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. There, if you were here for this, is the death and resurrection, the dying to self in order to be raised by God. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Did you notice the tenses? The old way of thinking, being, has gone. The new creation, new life in the spirit is here. Elsewhere uh, in his letters, it's a a recurring theme, this is is of deep significance for Paul's theology, for our theology. He's he's autobiographical in his letter to the Galatians, if we can just have that verse up. Galatians chapter 2, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm no longer who I was. I have become a new creation. I no longer live I, but Christ lives in me. Uh, To the Colossians, he writes this, of, uh, of Christ. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Old gone, new is here. I, I've died, I've crucified with Christ. I live, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the, sun, the, the kingdom of the son he loves. It's quite, it's quite binary, it's either or. It's, 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 it's kind of fairly clear. And the New Testament understands that we are the other side, the, the, the winning side, the victorious side, the future side, in terms of kingdom, of of that axis. Now I want to make a stunning statement. I am perfect in Christ. Those last two words are quite important. (laughs) My wife is sitting here as an accountability partner If I just stop at I am perfect, that is an outrageously arrogant, deluded statement to make. But I stand by the statement, I am perfect in Christ. That is the biblical way for me to view myself in Christ. Let me extend it. You, if I, I I don't know you all, so my caveat, it's a charitable assumption, is that you are all in Christ. If you're not sure what I mean by that, by the way, I'd love to have a quick chat with you after you. I can explain, but if if it's all right, I won't do that quite now but well, I'd love to explain that but let me charitably assume that every single one of us is in living relationship with God through Jesus Christ by his spirit that's what paul basically means by being in christ you in christ you are perfect how does that sit I, i'm not a very good christian i keep stuffing up i fail i fall. you are perfect in christ Actually, I'm just going to go there. Just for 60 seconds, turn to someone, a neighbor in front by the side. How does that sit right now? What are you feeling right now? As I declare to you, you are perfect in Christ. Okay, maybe you want to pick that up afterwards, as uh, we chat at the back, at the end, we often go across the green to the pub, that's where the real conversations begin to happen, maybe that's the starting point. Um, That is the biblical view of all those who are in Christ, they are perfect in Christ. Let me offer just a, a caveat to it, or something that may help you if you're if. There's a sense in which deep, deep down, if you're honest, you're struggling with that. The reason why I'm, I'm kind of laboring this a little bit is this is absolutely fundamental to understanding how we can live a victorious life, to understanding how we can live life to the full in the spirit, to understanding how we can claim that we have, amongst all the amazing stories out there, we have the best story. It's understanding that I am perfect in Christ. Here's the caveat i speak of myself, I am perfect in Christ, but I'm not yet fully mature. I'm perfect in Christ, but I'm not yet fully complete. I know, and because uh, Joe, if my family were here, we, we could have quite a long time just setting out all the ways in which there is still some maturing to do and some perfecting to do in the Reverend Tim Stilwell, believe me, but I can still theologically, I can still and with integrity make that statement, I am perfect in Christ and I'm in the process of maturation. I'm in the process of completion. Uh, we, in the morning, service, so I think I mentioned last week, uh, they're amazing. Um, Jeff and Emma, New Zealand couple, they've had twins. Uh, born two weeks ago, where they, were, they came to church in the morning service. I said, you shouldn't be here for six months. You know What are you doing here? Amazing, these sweet two sweet little things. I had the handheld mic. I went back, to, they were in these, sort of, this little twin buggy thing. And um, I just put, I I held the handheld mic against one of them. It's about the same size. Unbelievable. These tiny, tiny, sweet little, they are absolutely perfect as human beings. They are perfect human beings. But they're not mature. They're perfect human beings, but they're not complete. They can't speak for themselves or feed for themselves or uh, articulate the spirit. They can't do all the things that we, a, a mature human being, would do. But that doesn't. They are no less human being. They are no less perfect for that. It it maybe messes with our mind, but it's, and that's why we need the spirit to help us. Paul says we live by faith, not by sight. Don't look at, don't inspect your life and measure your life in worldly ways. Paul says we used to think of Christ that way. We do so no longer. We've, the Spirit has come to help us to see there's a different way in which we view ourselves, Jesus, and the world. It is possible for me, not only that, it's imperative for me to understand that I am perfect in Christ and that he is working his maturing and completing his fruitfulness, his gifts in and through me. I'm a work in progress. I am perfect in Christ. I cannot say with biblical integrity, oh, I'm not a very good Christian. I'm either a Christian or I'm not. And if I'm, a, if I'm not, I need to do something about that because I'm, I'm heading for a Christless eternity probably don't spend enough time thinking about the consequences of our inactivity when it comes to christ colleagues neighbors friends but in christ i am perfect not complete not mature but perfect look at just look with me we hadn't had time to read the whole of chapter four as well but it's, it's a fantastic piece of scripture here just look at verse 10 of chapter 4 just across the page here's Paul again talking about this future orientation in the now the, the future kingdom now we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body see it's not about us trying to be a Christian working our way up the Bible it, it and the New Testament particularly, it's not about our effort. It's not about our works. Don't try and be a good Christian. All you need to do is die. Die to yourself. Carry the death of Christ in your body so that just as Jesus died and was raised, so we, in Christ, we die with him in order that God raises us and puts his new life in us. We don't try, we just receive And it's because it's his perfect, pure, holy, powerful, beautiful, creative, imaginative, joy-filled, peace-endued life that's in us. We can say, in Christ, I'm perfect. And I spend the rest of my life here on earth working out what that means. Releasing more and more. Dying to myself in order that he might live. Carrying the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in my body. Look at verses 16 to 18 of chapter four, just before the reading where we came in. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul's just giving it there's the key to how we live in the now and not yet. There's the key to how we live this Christian life on earth. We 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 grab the future, I've used this analogy before, but we grab the future and realise it in the present. The, The gym analogy. It's not about us. It's dying to self in order that we allow Christ to live in us. And then we begin to discover, we we, we join in, we kind of line up with the best story. We are his children. We're his heirs. I want to speak about that a bit more next week. So as last week, I offered a couple of frameworks. The, the, the Trinity one, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, keep, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit together, don't separate them out. We've been rescued from our sin and delivered into new life. Hold those two together. The temptation subtly to, to tease them apart. And at the, the end time, the eschatology, which um, Lydia will tell you, having just come from uh, the theological college, is a word you should never use in the pulpit. I've just done it now. But it, it's the end times. It's what Paul is talking about here. That we, we have something the short term is temporary, but long term is eternal. So look have the future perspective, and that sustains us in the present when we know where we're heading. And we know our perfection is guaranteed. The, the Lord has given us his spirit as a deposit, Paul writes. So here are two more perspectives that I, I hope will help us to just just weave our way through the, the challenge of living in the here and now and in the now and the not yet. Two perspectives on our salvation, a positional reality, the reality of our position in Christ and an experienced reality, the reality of what we feel. Our salvation, if you like, from God's perspective, how he sees us and our salvation from our perspective, how we experience the way in which God sees us. And again, the New Testament is full of these um, images or metaphors towards those two realities that we hold together. The positional reality, who we are in Christ. It's the no longer dead, but alive. No longer far away, rescued from dominion of darkness, into the kingdom of the Son he loves. uh, From death to life. Our position. It's uh, summed up and it's described by... Words in the New Testament such as justified or redeemed or reconciled. They are all, interestingly, they're all indicative. In other words, they're just descriptive. They just describe a state of being. This is who you are. It's not subjunctive or uh, I I really hope you would be. Try and be like this. Uh, Would that you were like this. No, the, the words are indicative. This is who you are. You have been, they're often in the past tense. The work has been done on the cross, you have been justified from your sin. You have been redeemed from its consequence. You have been reconciled to God and joined in brand new relationship with him. This is who you now are, no longer a slave, but a son, daughter. And if a son, a daughter, then an heir. This is who you now are, the Bible teaches. But there's also, that, that framework, if you like, allows us to enter into the experienced reality of who we are. How, how do I feel about this? And again, the New Testament has much to say. Um, it's verbs and images that are much more experiential. So he talks about the spirit. And again, often, I should say, the positional reality much more linked into Christ, Christ is the one on the cross who justified us. It's his death that redeems us. It's through Christ that we are reconciled. But much more the spirit is why those two things hold them together. It's the spirit who is described as washing us and renewing us and giving us life. It's the spirit who, who, who gives us new birth. So Christ and the spirit impacting our positional reality and our experience of that. The experienced reality. This verse in Titus, one of a number. Uh, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. Rebirth, renewal, washing. Kind of, they touch us, you know that kind of, we were feeling low and down about ourselves. And new life, we, we kind of shoulders back, head up, chin up. We we feel a fresh sense of energy, of vision, of purpose. When, when we have stuff something, we feel kind of dirty, sullied on the inside. And the spirit bringing Christ's forgiveness washes us on the inside. We feel new, the experience. Now, we, we don't feel that intensely all the time but can you remember times when you felt oh yeah this it feels so real I feel so alive I feel so close to God the experienced reality of our positional reality we are close to God <laughs> we are engodded that is who we are the issue for many of us much of the time I, I'm four square in this camp I'm, I'm with you here The issue for many of us is that we we have a flawed interpretation of our experienced reality. It, It doesn't feel like we're winning. It doesn't feel like we're close to God. It doesn't feel like I'm clean and renewed and empowered. And that infects the way in which we understand our positional reality. We begin to tell ourselves, I don't really feel like a child of God, so I don't think I am. And we slink back into a lack of reliance on God and his power in us. And we think, oh, it's all about me. I've got to try harder. I've got to be a better Christian. And we fail because we can't live the Christian life in our own strength. And so we tell ourselves, oh, I'm not a very good Christian. And the enemy goes, yes, I've got another one. And Paul would want to scream to us, come on. See who you are. See who you are. But because we slide into the effort thing, you see, we think it's all about earning, about merit. But it's got nothing to do with us or our merit or our earning at all. It's, it's the gift of God. We, you see it. In, it's lacing all the language of these verses. Let me give you an example. Um, wonderfully, I've been involved uh, recently in taking one or two uh, weddings, uh, uh, conducting the marriages of, of uh, members of our church congregation you'll know Tom and Hattie uh, who I was privileged to take their wedding about a month ago so they're about a month married here's the thing they are no less married than Her Majesty the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh who have celebrated 60 plus years Tom and Hattie one month the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh 60 plus years they are both equally as married the Queen and the Duke are no more married than Tom and Hattie you're either married or you're not. And if you're married, you're completely married. <laughs> now, the Queen and the Duke have got a few years under the belt, and a greater sort of experience of marriage. But in terms of their positional reality, Tom and Hattie and Her Majesty and the Duke, exactly the same. But we tend to think, oh, the Queen, because you've been married longer, you must be more married. No, that, it's a, you can't be. Someone has a, a citizenship. The Bible uses a, 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 the analogy of a citizenship. We're citizens of heaven living on earth. Peter says we're aliens and strangers in this earth because our, our citizenship is in heaven. You get a passport. You've, if you've had the passport and citizenship for a day or for 60 years, you're no more no or no less. You, you, you're just both citizens, 100%. Like you've got to, uh, I know you've got to pass a test now, but let's face it, those of us who are born and bred in this country, we can't pass the flipping test they set now. These questions, unbelievable. But if you have a passport, a British passport, you're a British citizen, end of. If you are in Christ, Paul says, you are a child of God, end of. We need, we need to tell our minds, inform our minds, allow our minds to be renewed, by the Spirit, so that we know God's good, pleasing, perfect will, Paul says in Romans. We need to tell ourselves that we are perfect in Christ, and allow God to work that reality out and through us. I know I've used this analogy before to, to some of us, but to be honest, this, our church sort of turns over at such a rate, it wouldn't surprise me if the majority here haven't heard me talk about Gareth Bale. When uh, Tottenham player he was transferred to Real Madrid about was it two three years ago now? At the time it was a world record. Um, uh, it was a world record transfer. so 80 million pounds or something. A little little lad from the valleys um, came through the Southampton ranks, Tottenham. He'd had one wonder season. Uh, at the time I think people thought, whoa, it's, a, it's quite a risk, Real Madrid." If I can use the, the Paul's phrase in Colossians to apply it to what happened with Gareth Bale, he. Gareth Bale was transferred from the dominion of Tottenham and brought into the Galactico glory of Real Madrid. His positional reality changed the moment he'd finished signing the contract. From the moment he signed it, the ink is still wet, and Gareth Bale is 100% a Real Madrid player. His positional reality. He's no more or less a Real Madrid player than Ronaldo or any of the other stars there. But here's the thing for Gareth Bale. Just imagine, as he walks into his first training, his first thing with the guys, his experience is telling him he's Tottenham. The positional reality is he's totally Real Madrid, and he is absolutely nothing Tottenham. But he knows all the Tottenham players better than the Real Madrid ones. He knows the tactics of Tottenham much better than Real Madrid. He knows where the toilets are at White Hart Lane. He's got nowhere near where to go at Real Madrid, the Bernabeu. He, 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 knows, he knows everything about Tottenham. He knows nothing about Real Madrid. His experienced reality is screaming at him, you're a Tottenham player. And yet the positional reality is he's been transferred. What do you say to Gareth Bale as he's feeling a little bit homesick and a little bit bewildered and he's beginning to tell himself, I'm not a very good Real Madrid player. I'm not sure I'm even a Real Madrid player at all. What do you say to Gareth Bale in that situation. You say, Gareth, be who you have become. You put Tottenham things behind you. And you now immerse yourself with Real Madrid. You learn Spanish or whatever is a common lingua. I mean, it's you, all the languages in that dressing room. You you learn their tactics, you find out where their training rooms are, you get to know the backroom staff, you immerse yourself, you give yourself to Real Madrid so that you can become who you've become. You be who you've become, you become the Real Madrid player, so the analogy still works because he had one or two good seasons, scored one or two killer goals, had a great season for Wales and he's winning. That's why I can still use the analogy, I don't have to put it to bed and find another one. Is, is that working with you? Do you, do you see? So, so there will have been, not just the first day, there would have been, I'm sure, weeks, months, maybe even now, occasionally he has little pangs where he misses, I don't know, perhaps there was a kebab shop around the corner from my art lane, oh, I love just sneaking around there, I haven't got anything like that. In. Real Madrid, Madrid. Little pangs, we all feel those pangs, all feel as, oh, and t- the tug back. But that's not, that's not to life. That's not going to bless Gareth Bale now. He's Real Madrid 100%. We are in Christ. And by virtue of being 100% in Christ, he pouring his spirit in and through us, he enables us, he releases in us the ability, the desire, the capacity to know what that feels like to experience what that feels like, to be who we have become. I want just as a little trailer to the next few weeks, we're gonna worship in in just a a minute or two. In fact, perhaps James and the team, if you wanna come up. Uh, So I I wanna talk, I recognize this is not easy. These next few weeks are arguably, I don't, I don't often say this, but arguably, these are, these are some of the most key teachings that underpin so much of who we are and what we're about as a church and as individuals within it. I, I wanna talk about our um, secure, how can, we, how can we know this, I just really to continue? The, these are the frameworks. So how can I live in this daily, daily reality, knowing myself to be fully Real Madrid, as it were? Uh, Lydia is gonna speak on uh, and teach us on the gifts of the Spirit. It's if I'm full of the Spirit, living the life of the Spirit, I'll begin to manifest the Spirit. It'll, it'll just be, he will just be apparent in and through me. So how can I begin to recognize and use the gifts of the Spirit? Uh, and what about those tough times? What about the struggles? What about the dry times? What about the times when God sees distance? Well, I tell you, you don't have to read too far in the New Testament before you recognize that Paul, he knew a few tests or trials. In fact, you mentioned some in chapter 4, if you want to do a little homework beatings and shipwrecks and abandonments, times when he was at a really low ebb, stretched, struggling. And he talks in his letter to the Philippians of how he uses those struggles, those tests, in order to grow so that the test becomes a testimony. How is that possible? How can we use even the tough times and difficult times to grow in our faith? I, I want to tackle that in the next few weeks before focus. Focus. But for now, why don't we stand together? Paul says, and it keeps drumming, it's good. Um, it's kind of a seamless segue. But just to finish, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God. As we worship, let's receive from God afresh our identity. The positional reality. Let's ask God to let it flood into our experience deepest, right into our gut, our heart, our mind. That we shift our understanding of who we are in Christ to his glory. Amen. Я